Hello everyone, my name is April L. Butcher and I am your mother on social and I'm joined with my husband, Brian Butcher. And we are Common Sense on Social. Common Sense on Social is a space we've created where common sense is common and thrives here on social media. We offer common sense commentary to things happening in the world, in pop culture, and in these internet streets. So if that interests you, Keep on listening. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and let's get into the caca. Hello, Brian. How are you? I'm doing good. So you're going to be leading this podcast tonight on budgeting money. Money, money, money. Make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> so can you go on and start this podcast off right? Well, with everything that's going on right now, I was thinking that talking about budgeting and, you know, just some common sense things to do with your finances, I think it would be right on time for what's going on right now in the world and just the way how things are. So for me, I've always been in the financial world. So I've always been around some of the best and brightest when it comes to finances and how they manage their money and you know, advice on what to do with money and different things like that. And for me, it's always been a passion of mine because my mom always told me, you know, if you give Brian a dollar today and you come talk to him two weeks from now, he'll still have 75 cents. Mm. And it's just because for me, I know what to do with my money and not to mention, I know how to spend it when needed. Mm. But what's what's on my heart to share with everyone is a couple of things. Uh, so one, when we have our careers and we're in a position at our job, you sit there and you work hard and you get evaluations and you you know hit milestones within your career. And of course that annual raise comes through and let's say you're one of the fortunate ones to get a nice raise. Maybe your raise increases you by $10,000 a year. And you say to yourself, great, you know, I went from 50,000 to $60,000 a year. Well, some of the biggest mistakes that people make is, is that they feel like now they have to adjust their lifestyle to the $60,000 a year that they make. Right. And I feel like when you do that, you put yourself always behind the eight ball because you don't give yourself a chance to truly see the increase because you're spending every bit of it. So I know for you, You've gone through different careers, different avenues, you know, starting off at one hospital and going to another. And with those moves always came incremental raises. How did you function with some of the uh, additional monies that you had over time? Um, let me see. You want honesty? Well, we want common sense. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, what I did was I married a man that was good was <laughs> <laughs> I married a man that was good with money, okay? Because sis ain't great with money, okay? Sis 
and money don't even coexist in the same area code. Okay. So at the end of the day, I got with someone. I found me a spouse that was great with money. Um, I also, as time went on and I moved up in my career, we got separate accounts for a specific reason. Um, I don't know. My relationship with money is yellow. Okay. I'm going to keep it 1,000 percent correct. Her relationship with money is BMF. <laughs> Blowing money fast. Okay. No, I've gotten better over the years. I think it took maturity. I think having a spouse that's great with money has handicapped me in the sense of knowing I can rely on that person. Okay. When I'm down on my luck. Sorry, guys. She got me over here laughing. against the wind. Trying to make it. Okay. So at the end of the day, um, I'm still learning. We all still learning. Absolutely. Um, I'm 40 some years old. I'm still learning. I think I think what, what made it bad for me starting out, and we've had this discussion over and over and over again, was the fact that lack of education within my household. Um, a lot of times, like I've said before, for Gen Xers, we had to learn a lot on our own, but we have parents. Shout out to our parents who try to come and then once we've educated ourselves on our own and went to Google, okay, and went and researched things and talked to our fellow coworkers and things like that, um, these parents try to come in and take credit for everything, okay? And I have to say a lot of the things I've learned in life from cooking to, you know, finances and things like that, I either learn from Brian or I just learn on my own. So, well, I didn't learn cooking from Brian. Don't get the, don't get it twisted. But <laughs> yeah, I make a mean Roman noodle bowl of soup. Madison says you make a mean bowl of Roman noodles. But not to get off topic with the top ramen, I do feel that um, a lot of it was a lack of education. Um, a lot of it was somewhat po- poverty because. When I was younger, my my parents didn't give us allowances. You know, like that wasn't a a staple in the culture of where I came from. You didn't get an allowance. You just did what your parents told you to do. So I never got allowances, but all of my friends did. And um, it made it difficult when you're going on those Saturdays to the mall possibly or hanging out with your friends and your parents are out of town and you want to go do what everybody else is doing. So... I got into a little credit card trouble at an early age. Getting credit cards back in the day was like going to the corner store and getting a pack of cigarettes. It was easily available to get. So growing up, um, because of that lack of education, I just mismanaged my money over the years. But now in my 40s, I'm knowing I have to do better because I'm getting old, okay? We got to retire some kind of way, child, as if we live to retire in this world. Yeah, so you bring up a good point when you talk about credit and the benefits of it. And that's almost a good reason for us to 
have another conversation and another podcast just about credit because it's so in depth. But touching on that to say this, credit is something that handicaps a lot of people. And with that, it gives you that feeling of things tend to be more expensive when you don't have good credit. So you find yourself spending more for the things that you would buy every day. And then you find that you have less money to save. Amen. So for me, I feel that when a person does get into a situation where they're blessed to have that increase, that's money that you didn't have a year ago. Mm -hmm. So because you didn't have that money a year ago and you made it through that year just fine, then I'm, I believe that person should be able to put a percentage of that raise aside and save it. Mm-hmm. And that savings would be something that, and I think I've, you remember me discussing this with you before in the past, that when you have that money set aside and saved, you it's like you borrowing from yourself. You know, instead of having to go get a payday loan or trying to go pawn something or trying to just get a loan someplace else with a crazy interest rate, how great would it be to have $10,000 sitting on the side, you borrow it from yourself, interest-free because it's your money, and then as you recoup the money, you just put it back and you keep it there as a rainy day or have it as a fund. So I just believe that good money habits are something that can uh, translate to good credit, and it's something that you can very easily get yourself started with. You don't have to start big and say, oh, I'm going to open up a savings account at my local bank or credit union, and I'm going to throw $1,000 in there, and I'm not going to touch it. Well, that's not realistic because if you know that you're having a tough time trying to make it right now, then don't give yourself such a hard goal. Mm -hmm. Say, you know what, I'm going to start with $10, and this week I'm going to skip going to McDonald's or I'm going to skip going to Taco Bell. And I'm going to utilize that money that I would spend to go out and I'm going to put that in my savings account. And then you'll find how that money adds up, because if you're eating ten dollars a day on fast food and you put that ten dollars into your bank account instead of going out fast food on a seven days a week, that's 70 bucks that you're putting into your account. I agree with you. Um, But in the age of DoorDash uber eats um and also the fact that a lot of young people don't know how to cook child they don't know how to fit for themselves shout out to people like Aaliyah's face that uh keep hello fresh alive you know but even in the sense of something like hello fresh or anything like that it's a subscription service and hello fresh is not cheap you know um i would like to take a deep dive into hello fresh and see if it really is cost effective because i see it being cost effective in the sense of you're not wasting food there are times i go grocery shopping some of the salads go bad some of the meat products that i purchase go bad so there may be a savings in that right but at the end of the day um people do waste a lot i'm not gonna lie i'm one of them people i do waste a lot maybe i could bring my my meals you know, bring my lunch every day to work. But I feel like even with bringing my lunch to work, they be judging me because of what I bring and what kind of Tupperware I bring it in. I go to Ikea and get some nice bowls and eat my salads in that. And they will sit up there and judge me because of what I eat my salads in. So at the end of the day, a lot of it stems from, I feel is deeper than just wasting money or 
not bringing your lunch. Sometimes people eat out for lunch because they want to get at the office. True. Maybe some people uh, don't bring their lunch because they're fearful of being judged on what they're bringing in. Um, I don't know. There's different reasons for why people do things. I don't think it's a reason of just saying it's a money issue and they should save money. Everybody does things for different reasons. So it's not to point the finger at any one person. It's thinking about where they put their priorities, right? Because some people put their priorities in what they eat. For us, we used to put our priorities in traveling. We would travel around the world and go in circles, okay? Every single quarter, okay, that we were, you know, working, we would go and travel somewhere. We were traveling off somewhere, very much somewhere. So, and then some coworkers, they put their money into their kids, you know, education or their extracurricular activities is up to them. You know, you have to look at your finances and decide where you can make it lean and where you decide to really, really spend. I think overall, people need to just sit back and just look at and analyze and have some better money habits. So basically, you know, you should never rob Peter to pay Paul. And if a situation happens where, let's say, for instance, you go out and you know you have that credit card, I tell people all the time, utilize your credit card like cash. So if it's something that you know that you could go physically buy with cash and you have some sort of credit card or something that is like a rewards type card where it pays you back for mm -hmm. your everyday purchases, well, that's the ideal type of card to use because now you're using it like cash and you're paying it back immediately and then you're reaping the benefits from the rewards. So that's kind of like one of those things that you want to get in the habit of doing if you really want to establish credit and you want to find a way to save. It's kind of hard to find those cards because they're not open to everyone when you first get started. But eventually you can graduate to something like that and it'll save you. Well, I'll tell you this. I actually just had that conversation with my younger brother today because he's getting married. He's engaged. Shout out to Josh. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and I told him they want to go to Bora Bora for their anniversary. Here's a prime example. This is a really good example. They want to go to Bora Bora, not for their anniversary, but for their honeymoon is what I meant to say. So I looked at the prices today. The prices were astronomical, right? Now, technically, and if y'all want me to do a course on this, on not even a course, just a class on this on um, YouTube, let me know. But what I did was I told them, I said, you can reserve the room now, pay for it when you get to the property during the honeymoon, and that will give you like almost a year to save the money. He still was saying that that's too expensive. So I said, okay, well, back it down a dollar, back a notch. How about Hawaii? You haven't been there. Your fiance hasn't been there. Your own parents haven't been there, you know? So it's still a come up. Like it's still a nice place to go. So I sent him the rooms and it was like, I want to say 2000 to $3,000 less. Um, than what he would have paid on Bora Bora. I then told, told him, you need to look at getting a Southwest card because my brother, my brother's credit is so good. He has an Apple credit card. Like, I don't even know how, or I don't know how this, well, I know how because Brian works with him on working on his credit, but I've never known anyone personally to have an Apple credit card, okay? Those are extremely difficult to get. So I told him, I said, why don't you apply for a Southwest card? 
And in that way, at least your flights will be covered. If you go and you get a Southwest card today, you start using it to pay for the wedding, pay the, pay the credit card back down, you're accumulating all of those points. I told them about that card and I told them about American Express Platinum card. So those two cards he's gonna be going after so that way he could build the points he needs. And I told him, I said, look, I understand your fiance wants to go to Bora Bora, but let me make you understand this. For two young people that's only 20 and 21, Bora Bora is a lot. Not in the sense of just money, but in the sense of it's a lot for two individuals at that age. I feel like you need to live life a little bit, travel a little bit, go to Hawaii a little bit. Then you will know how to maneuver a place like Bora Bora. So I said, why don't you tell your fiance to just wait for your year anniversary and do it then or do it in February for Valentine's Day because usually the rates are a lot cheaper. So once he started thinking about it, he was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That even gives us more time to save it up or build the points on our card. So at the end of the day, it's all about finessing it. It's all about, I know people preach about saving your money and doing it, but also saving your money is finding deals, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I was going to say that you're you're the queen of finding deals because April will go to like 17 stores to find one shirt. And I ain't going to lie, she does come through because she told me about uh, going to this outlet. So I was looking for some jeans and we went to Dillard's and Dillard's had a sale and we thought, oh, this is a great sale because I was able to get them for like, I think, $50 or something. But then we went to this particular outlet and I was able to get three pair of jeans for the price of like one. And then they had a special discount off of that. And then if I gave them my email, they gave me another 15 percent. So I walked yeah. out of there with like three pairs of jeans for under um, $130. So that was a that was a good blessing there. And then, you know, just the fact of knowing someone who knows how to shop like that. You know, most men, we go to the first store, get it and go. But, you know, April's always been that kind of person. So, oh, no, we can find a deal. We just got to look for it. I mean, it's just like right now with the Tory Burch boots that I just got two days ago. I went to the outlet here. They had the boots. I asked them how much they were. They told me they were 150 I said, okay, well, that's a really good deal for these boots. You know, these these Kanye West knockoffs, you know. <laughs> I'll post a picture of the boots on my... They're not uh, quite as big as his. <laughs> uh, on my um, Instagram. But they're on trend for this season. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, 150 that's a really good deal. Then I kept talking to the young lady who was a saleswoman and she brought me out another pair that was a red color. So I was like, oh, I really like both of them. And she was like, well, don't tell anybody, but if you go online to Tory Burch right here in the store, they're actually $101 on the website. And I said, they're $100? And she said, yeah. So we went ahead, we did the order right there in the store. I paid for it. They had to ship them to the house a couple of days later. But I got Tory Burch boots that are on trend for the fall season for $100. Okay? Everybody thinks they have to go to the Tory Burch store, walk out with a box, wrapped up, been there, done that, girl. Take your butt on down to the outlet. Now, I'm also believing in being in control of your money. What are your thoughts and opinions on this whole Kanye West situation with Chase Bank? Well, um, 
I happen to know a little bit about that. Uh, so some of the small print that people don't realize when you open up a bank account is the bank reserves the right to do business with you. Uh, it says it in, you know, the small print that no one ever reads because they just tell you about the fees and your debit card and all those great things and how much you get if you have a promotion. They may tell you we'll give you $100 or $200 for opening up this bank account. And you're like, I'm all in. Let's do it. But the bank always reserves the right to stop doing business with you and have an account at any time for any reason. And they don't have to disclose to you why. So that's why a lot of times you'll see people have multiple bank accounts because if something were to happen, they want to make sure they have another institution somewhere where they can move their money to for whatever reason if something like that were to happen. But in the case of Kanye, you have to think it might have be very politically motivated. Uh, you know, perhaps maybe he's made someone upset saying the wrong thing. And, you know, because of saying the hateful thing. Yeah, and saying and, and knowing that, you know, JP Morgan Chase is one of the larger banks out there, they probably don't want to be associated with him any longer. And for whatever reason, they chose to tell him that, hey, you know, your time is up with us. You need to find somewhere to move this money because if not, we're going to close your accounts. Especially if they're not making money off of that account. Exactly. Uh, banks, it's it's no secret that banks make money off of fees. It's a fee-driven type revenue that banks makes. And also when you make a deposit, the bank makes money off of how long your money stays in your account. There's an interest that's there. Really? But if you're not uh, keeping money in your account, that's why you have overdraft fees. That's why you have maintenance fees. That's why so all those things are So you're being penalized for not keeping your money in the bank for them to make money off of your money. Well, you're not penalized. It's just the fact that that's why they have minimums. That's why all those things are set in place at banks. It's to, it's, you got to think they're not a nonprofit. They're going to be there to make money some kind of way. But in a situation like that, I don't think anyone should feel that, oh, you know, Kanye's being picked on because I'm sure that they would have some other reasoning behind why they're doing it. They could say there might have been transactions that seem suspicious. And because of that, they can close your account due to fraudulent activity or su suspected fraud if they feel like you were a part of something. Just a lot of different reasons why your account could be suspended with the bank. And he just happened to, you know, have that happen to him. But going back to, like, having a way to budget and keeping up with your money, it's good to have multiple bank accounts. And it's good to, when you get your direct deposits, set up an account that you're going to use for your expenses. If you know that your expenses total $1,500 or $2,000 a month, set that money and make that go into one account and then have your remaining money go into another account so you know, okay, my business is taken care of. So now I know with this other account, this is my play money. And then you can sit up there and say, okay, I have an entertainment budget. My entertainment budget is $400 a month. If you know you have that there, then this is all you can spend for that month and hold yourself to that. Now, let me tell you something. You are very wise when it comes to money. But let me tell you one doggone thing. You're not going to sit here on the Common Sense um, podcast, okay? Common Sense on social podcast. Give them all that free game and don't be giving me jack, okay? Because let me tell y'all about Brian. Let me tell y'all the truth about Brian. Oh, Brian will tell go. me to have a million and one checking accounts, but he will not break it down and explain to me why I need to have a million and one checking accounts. 
Okay. Because what he just said there is real talk, an aha moment, and a light bulb moment. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, you've been sitting in this doggone house and explaining nothing. I'm not laughing with you. You sit right here in this house, lay in this bed next to me, okay? Allow me to put my cold feet on your warm body. And you ain't never told me that. Well, there's a, I'm not laughing. There's a reason why. And the reason why is because... I see how you spend your money, and right now Yellow. you right now you spend your money on the things that you want, and you know one of us as long as one of us is doing that type of thing, then we know that we'll always be straight. I was just giving that information because some people don't have the ability to do that. Some people may say, hey, "I don't even make enough on a pay period to even separate them like that." But if you could find time to go to the club or you know, getting your nails done two, three times a week and stuff like that, that you can say to yourself, maybe I cut back and say I'll do it once a week and then that money I saved, I put it towards something else. No, but that makes perfect sense because the thing about it is, is if I could sit down and look at my budget and say, okay, I got my cell phone bill, I got, y'all know how Apple be playing these games. They hit you with this $19.99, that $19.99, that $7.99. If I could sit down and put all my bills to come out of one account every single month, then I can officially budget to move that money over there and leave that money over there so they could take that money out and leave me the hell alone and stay out of my damn account. Because that be the frustrating part. Ladies and gentlemen, don't it piss you off when you go to bed and you see your account balance being one thing and then out of nowhere some subscription you had to something a whole year later, comes out of nowhere and snatches that doggone money out of your account, that done pee me off many a times. So if I had all of those things coming out of one account, then we wouldn't even be having these doggone problems. And also, what do you think about the whole thing with PayPal? Because I heard a couple of the people on YouTube talking about PayPal and when to snatch their money up or froze their money or something. What are your thoughts on this whole PayPal situation also? Yeah, you were saying that. and um, Have you done any research on that? Haven't had a chance to do any research okay. on it, so I don't really want to address it just because I don't know all the details. But if it has anything to do with the proposed legislation that they were trying to get with um, like Cash App and some of these other places, they're trying to regulate how people are getting their money and what types of ways they're getting in an income coming in because of crypto and you know, all these different other methods that people are trying to put money to invest. Currently, it's not regulated. So they don't have a way of one, knowing the transactions that you're making and two, not knowing where those funds are coming from. So -hmm. the government has to have a way to track that and be able to determine how they can tax it. Because right now, you're making money tax-free. Right. And Uncle Sam always wants to get his. Mm-hmm. So I believe that they're going to start looking closer at PayPal's and places like that and cash apps and things like that, especially if a person is saying, no, I don't have a business, but you function a lot like a business because you're selling things on the regular or you're selling services on the regular or you're doing whatever it is that you're doing on the regular. It looks like you're running a business and they want their cut. Right, right. But at the end of the day, uh, I just wanted to be able to, you know, come on this podcast and just kind of give you a little common sense when it comes to your money and letting you know that it's okay to 
right now, maybe feel like, oh, I can't even save anything because times are tough. Just know that tweaking a couple things here and there, you know, test yourself out. Just say, you know what, for one month, I'm not going to eat out and just see how much money you saved. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of bank accounts and a lot of banks that you go with right now, they break down your transactions. So like for me, I can look and see how much of my money per month I'm going towards food or how much I'm going towards gas and different things like that. And you'll be shocked to know how much you eat out and how much you spend and mm -hmm. prices have gone up. So that burger that cost $5 last year is not costing you $5 this year, right. it's more like 10. So it's just those little small things that you got to take a look at, make those adjustments, and you'll be able to take you through these rough patch that we're in so that when you come out on the other end, you'll have some good habits that you can go ahead and keep going. And then when times are up and the finances are up and the market is up, you can start really making you some money. Mm -hmm. So for the next podcast that we have, or maybe one down the line, I'd like to go more in depth around with like credit, and more in depth with like the stock market and how to, you know, really just look at simple little things that you could do to try to get yourself sparked. And, you know, then you do your own research and figure out where you want to go. But it's definitely money to be made. I know April talks about it all the time, making money, trying to empower you guys that listen and watch her YouTube channel. And that's what we're all about here. We're trying to, you know, share our situations, share our things that we've been through, things that we've learned from to try to help other people from making the same mistakes and i feel like in the world we live in right now everyone's all about well i got mine you better get yours and it doesn't hurt to try to help someone out and say hey you know what i tried this it didn't work you might want to try it this way mm -hmm. i agree um with that being said you guys we will end the broadcast here comment in the comment section on youtube or even in the podcast i believe you could comment via spotify let us know what you think about money let us know what you think about this whole entire situation and one last question for you what where do you think he's going to go next with his money do you think he's going to go to a black owned bank or bank of america where do you think he's going to go next um it all depends on what how much money he has tied up there uh, if it's quite a bit and it's his operating account for his business, he's going to want to move that to a reputable bank. I'm pretty sure a lot of other banks are chomping at the bit right now to get his service and get his money because, I mean, he's a wealthy man. What was the difference between a reputable bank and a black-owned bank? Oh, a black-owned bank is definitely reputable. I mean, it doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean I'm just talking about the five major players in banking. When you think of you know Chase, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, you know, Capital One, places like that. Those are some of the heavy hitters that are out there. But uh, a black-owned bank would be great. I think it would make a huge statement for him. Uh, there are not that many just out there. He would have to do the research and find it. But, I mean, it would definitely be a good look for him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he just has to make sure that he's done his research. I mean, he's always going to be, you know, protected with the uh, FDIC insurance, whether any bank he goes to. But he just wants to make sure that he picks the right one because it's going to say a lot about him, his okay. next move. All righty. Well, with that being said, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember to share this podcast out with your friends and followers, your family, via social media, and also text it out to other people. Get them on board with the Common Sense on Social podcast. 
with that being said, you have a blessed day, evening, or night, whatever time of the day it is that you are listening. And we will see you guys in the next broadcast. Bye.